Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, Guilty Feminists. It's Deborah. Now, today is the day when we would have aired excerpts from our Camp as Christmas Guilty Feminist special that was to be on at the Union Chapel as a fundraiser for both Say It Loud Club and Can Do Action. Now, that show has had to be put off till March 31st, camp as Easter, perhaps, because unsurprisingly, the pandemic has crashed its way into our Christmas again. So instead, what we thought we'd do is a Christmas cracker, a Santa sack, if you were, full of highlights from the best shows of Vicar Street in Dublin. Uh, Now, this is the very first ever best of episode of The Guilty Feminist we've put out in six years. And I think you will agree, it is a glorious one. Now, we are going to be back at Vicar Street, having had a pandemic-forced hiatus, because it is, as you know, my favourite venue. And that show will be on the 14th of March. So maybe if you're in Dublin or nearby, you could buy a ticket for somebody for Christmas. Come along, Alison Spittle and I will be back on the 14th of March. And if you've got tickets for Campus Christmas, please put the 31st of March into your calendars. So I'd like to say a big 
Happy Christmas from me and Tom Selinsky. Both of us are isolating because both of us have got COVID. And so we will be having a guilty feminist Christmas at home with our cats, thinking of all of you and the wonderful year we've had with you as you've stuck with us through the pandemic again. We hope next year will be as COVID-free as possible for all of us. Sending you all big Christmas love. Have a very guilty Christmas and a feminist year ahead. And now on with the show. feminist but when I made enemies with a woman uh, the way the way I got revenge was I found out what her favorite karaoke song was to sing and then learnt that karaoke song off by heart and then when I saw her on a night out I went up and sang it before she had the chance to sing <laughs> Did you really do that? I really did that, What yeah. was the song? Proud Mary. Left a good job in the city. Yeah, bitch, follow that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not even my favourite song to sing, Deborah. <laughs> it is now. It means nothing to me. <laughs> Whereas it was the song her mother sang her on her deathbed, so... <laughs> yeah. What, Proud Mary? <laughs> yep. Help me go into the light. Let her go job in the city. <laughs> rolling. 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 <laughs> oh, it's very sad. <laughs> Where else was anyone from? Could someone translate, please? Someone local translate? Philadelphia. New, I've heard New York and Philadelphia kill Kenny are out of the race. <laughs> Limerick, just a hop, skip and a jump. Have you really come from Philadelphia? Philadelphia, right here. <laughs> Philadelphia, right here. I mean, sometimes Americans are as good as men at centering themselves, aren't they? At confidence. An American woman can give an Irish man a run for his money. I get it, I'm Australian. Women who are from countries far away where there's some kind of illusion of democracy, uh, we do have more confidence. Is that, so Philadelphia right here. Did you, you didn't really come from Philadelphia for the show though, did you? like I should have a drink with you afterwards. My co-host tonight should give you a massage or something, I don't know. Um, you would welcome that. Okay, could I set you up on a date with Kilkenny? I don't know. He seems nice, he's a feminist, he's in the front row. Are you single, sir? Kilkenny is single. Oh my God. All right, maybe you shouldn't have said that. He's a feminist man in the front row. Keen. He's punctual, he's got here early, he's got himself a seat up the front. Is it numbered seating? 
Well, in that case, he was early on the mark with the booking. Either way, either way, competent. And that's not nothing in a man, is it? That's not nothing. I mean, competency is a very high bar for most men. And I think that is evidenced by the fact that men have been in charge of everything all over the world for the last 10,000 years. And look at the place. Look at the economy, look at the environment, look at international relations, look at all the many and varied crises, look at the fact that scientists think we maybe have another 80 years on this planet before it's just gonna go, no, get off. So I'm going to say to you, when are white straight men going to have a collective crisis of confidence? <laughs> and look around and say, would someone else like a go? Because I feel if women had been in charge this long, we would be saying... I genuinely feel if women had been in charge this long, we would be going, I mean, we've had a run, I don't know, we've done some things, look at those, other things, not so much. Anyone, anyone at all, anyone else want the job? But white guys are still got... Yes, definitely, we're still the people for the job. So what I'm saying is, Kilkenny here... <laughs> Booked his tickets ahead of time. He's got his shirt and jeans on the right way round. He's grown a beard on his own time. What else have you got going on? I should stop calling you Kilkenny because that's why well, it's a fun nickname for us. Maybe not so much for you. What's your real name? Michael. Good. Good. Good Irish name, solid name. I feel we can depend on a Michael. I like it. I approve of that name. Michael, what do you do? You're an analyst. I feel some people are easily impressed over here. You don't know what he analyzes yet. Pull back, pull back. What do you analyze, Michael? Reported Facebook content. Reported Facebook content. Oh. Come on now. Let us not throw him to the Cambridge Analytical Wolves just yet. Come on now, come on now. All right, so, okay, lovely. So, Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Philadelphia. What's your name? Laura. Laura, Laura. Are you single? Will be soon. <laughs> so, Laura, tell me more. You will be soon. Why? And we have your boyfriend here. In what way is he not putting in the effort? She needs a man limerick. Listen, I've done my best with a Kilkenny. I don't know where the limerick men are, but. Okay, so Laura, Laura, I will arrange for drinks for you and Michael in the interval at the bar this is a feminist date um, and if you want to see what happens in the interval gather round um, it's a little interval date there for you and I will look forward to hearing from you I mean she sounds keen as only an American can be um, I am with you Laura I am with you Michael's got something else to say, sorry. 
There will be no guilty feminist tonight. It's just going to be me and Michael talking about his love life. Michael, what's up? Oh. I'm a feminist, but I have made a heteronormative assumption. We have something very special for you. We have a performance poet. I know. We don't put this on for just everybody, Dublin. Most audiences, as you know, if you listen to the podcast, do not get a fucking performance poet. This is because Dublin is fancy, literary, and Ireland is full of poets. Put your hands together and make enormous, wonderful, guilty feminist woohooing noises for Sarah Cahill! Vicar Street, how are you? <laughs> right, this is a poem. <laughs> it's called Aaron Immel. When I was born, divorce was illegal, with marriage heavily encouraged. Homosexuality a crime, sexuality discouraged. When I was born, abortion was a word a sinner wouldn't say. Women in a bit of trouble, well, they just went away. You see, there were lots of words that you just didn't say. That is, like, without saying them in that uniquely Irish way. Like, have you seen the new fella? Because rumour is, he's nee. Nee. <laughs> when I was born, marital rape was legal too, with Magdalene laundries open operating in full view. I am not an old woman telling of an Aaron Fado. This was 1990, and that is not that long ago. But even then, we were on the verge of a change. We had our first female president, which many thought was strange. Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> After the Auris was High Commissioner for Human Rights, Irish girls had a role model on which we could set our sights. A little Colleen seeing her limit only in the sky, watching Mary on the telly thinking, if she can, why can't I? <laughs> in the history books as well, what tales of courage there are to tell. But where's Hannah Sheehy Skeffington and Anna Catherine Parnell? In all the songs we learn of the bravery that was seen, you'd be forgiven for thinking women didn't exist in 1916. All the progress achieved cannot have been in vain. Those who stood up against the marriage bar or got on the contraception train. Or our sisters of Magdalene still in need of redress. Last laundry shut two decades, haven't seen half the money yet. These women, our women, had their names and birthdays changed, told then by those in charge that they were the ones to blame. The site on Sean McDermott Street was just up for sale. It's just 20 minutes down the road from Kilmainham Jail. But which one were we taught about? Which one have we restored so history knows it's something that we care about? Stop saying it couldn't happen again, or it was just for their own karma. 
when half a fucking handmaid's tale could have been set in Listoon Varna. It's always the lay people who love with compassion and turn the other cheek, whether atheist, semi-religious, or in mass week after week. After all, we're the ones who voted yes to marital equality. As far as the world was concerned, it was quite an oddity. For little old Ireland, always so virginal and chaste, had suddenly, overnight, become a place for the gays. <laughs> Truth is, we've always been here, on the outskirts of society, never passing through a phase or seeking notoriety. And so three years ago, our allies really did come through. Now we have the right to be asked, so when's the wedding, too? <laughs> the most meaningful act of love we have now for all of us to enjoy. Tears shed from and for queer families for once were ones of joy. Never was it true that we were deviants or sluts or in need of their saving. These were lies told to us by those in power who were they to judge how we're behaving. Just some bullies in saints' clothing blessed with such a loathing for our right to choose because if we speak up, then that is how they lose. The deafening Irish silence goes hand in hand with the sneer. How long do we have to wait to know a woman's worth is worth more than one rugby career? Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag, I believe her was a moment of recognition that the highest courts in the land still don't listen to women. As women, men, non-binary and trans, we gathered in protest to show that we understand. Sometimes, in spite of all the evidence, some people would rather reputation still take precedence. So we got angry and we spoke and we drove home to vote, where we canvassed and we marched and we yelled out loud. We organised an entire political movement in the cloud for the future of this tiny peripheral rural nation caught between the lies of Brexit and a vile Trump vexation, the women of Ireland let out a loud decree, sending reverberations still being felt across the sea, making those around the globe think, if they can, why can't we? We educated ourselves and united through time zones, having awkward conversations knowing this time we weren't alone. Oh, aren't the young ones always on their bloody phones? <laughs> yes, Brenda, we're kinda busy. <laughs> we confess. Uh, oh, it must be great to have all that time to go to protests. Just a bunch of young huns with a single word across their chests. It's not as simple as that, Brenda. And we do not mean to boast, but we can smash the patriarchy and avo on toast. <laughs> we want to make Ireland into a fairer place, not just for girls, but for the bukali who keep everything in in order to save face. So much strong, silent suffering and male suicide, but what do you expect when you tell one gender not to cry? When they have to attain money and sex to know they're worth a jot? Listen to Blind Boy when he says that it's really okay to talk and it's not okay to not. We need ye here with us for this revolution. The systems let ye down too, lads. We both need a solution. So to those who said we were too shrill, unfeeling or straight up cunts, are you starting to think maybe you should listen to us? Maybe you need to ask Namanaw Grana how we did it. How when they went low, we went high, never arrogant, but never timid. How we remained respectful, never neglectful of the complexity along the way. 
Five words. A grassroots, intersectional, non-hierarchical, community-led campaign. The Ireland of tomorrow is already here today, and when reeling in the years is on for 18, it will say, the landmark event was not one man's religious visit. It was a bunch of feminists against the eighth, and you know what? We fucking did it. So, so that for the next generation, to the girls born today, when they open their history books, for them it will say, Hope indeed can be wise, all you need to do is try. They'll look at all that's been achieved by Namanana Heron and they'll cry. If these women can do all that, then why the fuck can't I? made a heteronormative assumption. <laughs> Two questions. One, is there a single gay man who would like to date Michael in the interval? Any single gay men, I've just seen a light go off. I don't know, is that a way to signal? I don't know. Anybody with a single gay man who would like to organize this date? Yes? Yes, right here? Where? Okay. I've got to do the show. What, who are you? You're here. I just, I hear a voice going, I'm here. Who are you? I'm sorry, you've lost to that man. He's... What's his name? Michael! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I have found you another Michael. The two Michaels. not his, he might be shy. Make sure he finds the other gay Michaels. There will then be a regular meeting on the first Monday of the month called the Gay Michaels that will morph into a boy band. Dublin, do not say I don't do anything for you. And now I need a single straight man for Laura. 
in a room this size. There's like a thousand people. There's not one single straight man. Oh, they've, the, the people with shining the light. Are you a Michael? You're Jesus. Seems unlikely, but some theological scholars do think Jesus and Michael are the same people, that Jesus, the Archangel Michael in Revelation is also Jesus. But that's probably some niche theological material that I got from my Jehovah's Witness years. What's your name? Jason. Jason. Oh, it's not Jesus. I thought you were winding me up. It's Jason. Okay. Jason, what do you do? Bank of America. Bank of America? Laura? Jason will meet on the extreme right of the bar and we can remember that because it represents their country's politics at the moment. Not theirs, their country's. Okay, so if you're in charge of Laura or Jason, make sure they get to the extreme right of the bar. If you're in charge of any gay Michael in the room and it turns out there's loads, extreme left of the bar, at the interval, we will hear back after the interval, what happened on those dates. Okay. Lynn, could you just introduce yourself for the listeners? So, my name is Lynn Ruan. I'm a senator and an activist. Wonderful. <laughs> Do the end of legend bit. <laughs> and do you have an I'm a feminist but? I do, it's a long one, is that all right? It's absolutely fine. Is that good? Knock okay. yourself out. So, I'm a feminist but when my eldest daughter was about 10, she asked me to take her to a concert and she said it was a tenacious D. <laughs> so, being the terrible mother that I am, I never listened to any of these albums that I was buying her. And I also bought her the tickets to the concert. So we queued up outside Tenacious D from 9am, got into the mosh pit with me just guarding her like this because she's like this delicate little 10 year old and she's bouncing around singing things about penises and, and I'm just like, what the hell have I brought my daughter to? But then all of a sudden out of the stage erupted a big 24 Phoenix penis. And I'm right in front of the stage with my 10 year old. And then from the tip of the penis, <laughs> loads of confetti just sprayed all over the front of the crowd. And I look around and my daughter is like. <laughs> so then we picked up the confetti and on the confetti, were little tiny sperms with Jack Black's head. <laughs> and was we, this in Ireland where you was in Ireland, it was in the pint, yeah. You know, you didn't even have choice then. <laughs> just... yeah, you'd have to carry that Jack Black to terms. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. 
<laughs> I do have a British passport. I'm a dual citizen, you know, for the obvious reason that obviously I can travel freely throughout the European Union. So it was really worth it. Um, <laughs> I had to study for that quiz. I, there was a quiz I had to sit. I'll marry like, you. It was like, it's like, <laughs> will you? Yeah, divorce Tom. <laughs> Tom, it's been lovely, but it's over. I'm marrying Alison Spittle. Um, you could really, have, so have a double wedding with the Michaels. Oh. Yeah. Which uh, Michael is going to get left out of that triumph? Well, now, this is what they always said, that when yeah. it came in the gay marriage, there'd be a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> Three of them together. Three Michaels. Oh. Three Mickeys. Yes, Three Mickeys. <laughs> Mickeys everywhere. <laughs> with Jack Black's head <laughs> coming out of them. We could all be Jack Black's an amazing ride. Tree Michael, amazing ride. Uh, oh, I meant sort of like roller coaster ride. All right. Because I forgot what that means here. Yeah, I was like, you're a very, very good matchmaker if they've got that far. I mean, fair play. Laura from Philadelphia, do you know what a ride means in Ireland? You will know. Uh, <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I kind of believe that eating porridge in the morning would solve most of my problems in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely, I can't do it. <laughs> How? How would it solve any of your problems, though? Any, any successful person that gets interviewed and they're like, what do you eat for breakfast in the morning? <laughs> like, porridge. <laughs> with nothing on it. <laughs> Just my saliva to moisten it up. Goldilocks would bed to differ. <laughs> Got her into a lot of trouble. Mm. And uh, now I get porridge and I just put loads of sugar on it. I mean... It's very hard. The thing is with porridge, yeah. it is slow release. So it gives you energy throughout the day. Isn't it slow release carbohydrates? Yeah. Yeah, so it gives you... So it is good for you to do that. So maybe it will solve all your problems. I just think sometimes when I wake up and I don't have porridge in the morning and then I'm like, well, the day's fucked. Just go back to bed. Yeah, I might as well drink now. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm going to the pub. I didn't have porridge. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but uh, tonight somebody said, oh, yeah, so-and-so's in standing upstairs for the podcast. I was like, standing? And I was like, people are standing. They said, yeah, there's standing room only. And I was like, that is dedication and that is true feminism because I would not stand, <laughs> I said in the dressing room, for any podcast except one where John Hamm <laughs> was doing a podcast about me. <laughs> and then I thought, why don't I have a VIP seat for that? <laughs> Why am I standing if the podcast is about me? Why am I standing? Why hasn't he arranged a good seat for me? I've gone off him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we, I mean, like, would you recognise him outside of his own venue? <laughs> you know? I believe I would recognise him outside anyone's venue. <laughs> or in my venue. <laughs> That's code for vagina, though. <laughs> Venue. It's full to capacity at the moment. <laughs> Standing room only. 
room for one stiff, one stiff stand-up. <laughs> That's a fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> the exits are clearly marked. <laughs> I'm not getting no more now from me. <laughs> Women are often accused of having guile or being manipulative. And I think that's because for thousands of years, we've had no power. I mean, mm. We've had a little bit recently, but we've had no power. And so if you have no power, of course, you have to get good at manipulating the powerful in order to get a tiny bit of what you want. So that old thing about, oh, you have to let your husband think it was his idea. Yes, you did, because otherwise he would get 100% of his way. So if you manipulate him to think something was his idea, now you're going to get 5% of what you want and only 95% his way. Yay. And when he, <laughs> when he finds out what you did, you get murdered. Being a woman is fun. <laughs> so early in the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I feel like you need to let them gently okay. warm up. I've always kind of been a little bit undercover because I was born in England. And I know. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, um, my accent used to be very English. And like, I used to have nicknames in school because my English accent. He used to get called Del by a lot. That would be one of them. <laughs> Hurtful. 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 Be hilarious, lads. Um, the other nickname I had now, which I didn't enjoy as much, was Protestant. Um, especially on my communion day, you know? It's very hard. So I went to undercover pretty hard. I learned your ways. I got the accent. And now I've moved over to England, so they all go to me, potato! <laughs> and I'm like, but I am one of you. <laughs> Look at this passport. I have to go for an interview on Thursday to say that I'm British, right? I know, I know, I know. The hard thing is, like, she goes to me on the phone, the woman's supposed to give me my, uh, is it called NI number, isn't it? It's PPI number over here. I think. Oh, national insurance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she goes, uh, when did you enter the country? And I was like, 14th of June, 1989. Out of my mother's vagina. <laughs> uh, which didn't go too well in an official. Did you say out of my mother's vagina? Yeah. Wow. So that's why I have to go for this interview. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you said vagina. I was a bit attitude-y, to be honest with you. <laughs> she had a very English accent. I felt like I was being colonized, Did you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's I know I, I go to Sainsbury's now and there's like red lemonade in the ethnic food aisle right <laughs> I have never bought a drop of red lemonade while I lived in Ireland right and I stare at those bottles and I'm like only our rivers run free it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> what what is red lemonade? <laughs> As such, it's uh, it's just it's just lemonade with red coloring in it. Isn't that what it is? It's just red lemon. It's le a cancerous soft drink. A cancerous a soft drink. A soft drink. They don't advertise that. <laughs> that now right? with added cancer. <laughs> wow. 
You mix it with vodka when you're 15. You see, you're learning everything now. I am. You mix am. the cancer with the vodka. <laughs> you have yourself an Irish good time. It's beautiful. Oh, and the other thing, Alison, is yeah. that... Do you remember last time we were here, we discovered there were three gay Michaels? Yeah. Can we I get an to... update? Well, <laughs> yeah. I, we, we, had, we had a bet. Oh, don't tell me yet. We had a bet. Don't tell us we got a bet. We, we had, had a bet. I bet that one, at least one gay Michael is here. So I've put my money on one gay Michael. I think two, because I think we've got a good retention rate. Okay. okay. Now, <laughs> at this point, we are only looking for original gay Michaels. We are aware that there might be alternative gay Michaels who turned up because they felt welcome in the space. <laughs> I imagine there's more than three gay Michaels in Dublin. <laughs> there's probably upward of 12. <laughs> so, I wonder how many gay Michaels there are in Dublin. Could someone find that information out for next time? Okay, all right. I think one, you think two. two. And whoever is right yes. or closer Oh, gets yes. the choice of this box of cookies. One second, I'm just going to go and get them. One second. Okay, okay. Do you want we... me to get them? You chat away. No, 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 no. Just. Uh, I'm up now. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you already brought the mic. I don't want to use you like a butler. Ah, oh, chicken, I'm your co host. This is like queer. The beef. <laughs> there we go. No butter. No butter. Master. Right. So we got this. <laughs> <laughs> we it's got like this. the 1800s all over again. <laughs> Trevelyan. Trevelyan. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Sorry. But you're English and I'm Australian. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Who gets to fleece the biscuit tin first? I've got money on one Michael. You've got money on two Michaels. And they I'm have to be... I'm already eating a biscuit. Like... <laughs> They have to be original gay Michaels. Okay, how many original gay Michaels in the house? Yeah. One there? What? Yes! Can we have the house lights up, please? Can we have the house oh lights up? God. Original gay Michael, what does your shirt say? Dismantle white feminism. Oh Yay. my God! Amazing. Okay, one gay Michael, two oh, gay Wait. Do we have Three, a third? Two, one. Do we have a third game? Wow. <laughs> I hope. You, did you throw the chocolate cover? I did. I'm sorry. I was saving that. It was more aerodynamic. It seemed. Excuse <laughs> me. There was one chocolate cover and it looked amazing. I'm so sorry. There's loads of chocolate chip cookies when in I, here. When I just get. They're like frisbees. Oh wait, wait, look. No, I can't. No, no, it's been thrown into a crowd. <laughs> she was. She won't eat it now, she's fussy. She's fussy. Ah. <laughs> uh, Deborah. Deborah. Can I throw can I throw one of the Clover, Shamrock? It's like a it's a shamrock. <laughs> shamrock. I, like, well, like, did I say clover? <laughs> I meant shamrock. <laughs> the woman this is, is a genuine Irish, shamrock okay? from Waterford. <laughs> Um, oh, it was worth taking back. Is it good? Mm. Okay. Mm. Well, I'm very sad I threw that out now. No. No. Uh, so we've got two gay Michaels, one there. And where's the other one? Gay, gay Michael up the back? What's your name, gay Michael? I mean, what's your T-shirt? I mean, your name is gay Michael. I know that. I'm sorry. <laughs> what's your, what do you, are you wearing a T-shirt? 
Have you ever hooked up? Have you ever not like just hung out as friends? <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I don't mean like that. Have you ever connected? <laughs> Why are you not sitting together? Did you not know? Each other? Have you not made friends? Okay. So Gay Michael's after the show. We'll meet in the foyer. Yeah. yeah. So there are two out of the three. What happened to the third? Did you kill him? <laughs> no. And now I'm going to ask: Are there any extra? Gay Michaels in the audience. Did any gay Michaels come because they felt like really safe? Is there an extra gay Michael making up the set of three? Really? Oh my God, really? Can you shout out? Is there a bi Michael? Is there... <laughs> a pan Michael? Yeah. Yes? Is... Really? Show me. Wave. Three gay Michaels here in Dublin. <laughs> you have seen it happen live before your very eyes. We will meet you in the foyer afterwards. Where's a good meeting place in the foyer? What's a landmark in the foyer? ATM machine. An ATM machine? Yeah. I'm not going to fleece them for money. No. Okay, I'll meet you by the ATM machine. And we'll have a photo of the three gay Michaels. Because last time I'd ever got that photo. I know it was taken, but not on my phone. So I want both... Well, someone just has a picture of you with three gay Michaels that hasn't shared it. Like, that's mine. <laughs> so we're going to get both pictures of the three gay Michaels. And this is the... This is like um, the sugar babes, isn't it? Yeah. We've changed the lineup. Siobhan is gone now, so... <laughs> Siobhan is not allowed in the Three Gay Michaels. You're only allowed in the Three Gay Michaels if you're a Three Gay Michael. That's true. Okay, are we ready? Yes. If you weren't here for the first show, you might be confused by this if you didn't listen. <laughs> Our guest today is a senior journalist on the Irish edition of the Times newspaper and is famous for feminist undercover stories. Ooh. Please welcome to the stage the magnificent Ellen Coyne. like when you went undercover did you pretend to be um, pregnant yeah we had to so uh, obviously you have to pretend to be pregnant um to contact these groups we always kind of thought uh you know surely this wouldn't work but these groups have very like hold women in very low esteem assume that they can tell you all sorts of lies and nonsense so we've always kind of posed undercover as women looking for pregnancy advice services, which is important because you want the investigations to show to people exactly what these people have been saying to hundreds, if not thousands of women in Ireland for decades. How uh, do you fake an ultrasound? Because <laughs> so, I see you go in, you go, oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, I'm not sure what I want to do. Oh, that part I get. Yeah. But then when the ultrasound happens, don't they just go, oh... We've not got a live one here. Like, yes. I mean, you're and then not you're actually like, pregnant. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave. Yeah. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, that was. Um... You're right. I don't need an abortion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, something that we realised like way too late into the first investigation. <laughs> To the point that, like, I have a really, like, distinct memory of sitting in front of our lawyer. So the newspaper has lawyers exactly because I keep creating these situations. Where he was staring at me slack-jawed when I was like, can we bring a pregnant woman's pee into the <laughs> clinic? And he was like, oh. no, absolutely not. So we were like, we'll just dial it out. So uh, for that investigation, my colleague Catherine Sands went in um, and it suited, like, the cover story because she's American. And she was like, I'm a student. What? Abortion's illegal here? And uh, we were like, we'll just, like, 
style it out and see what happens. So she lay on the table and like pulled her top up. Her top was covering the undercover camera. Oh. So we were like, ah. So she pulled it up like just enough. They had the gel and then they were like doing the like rubby bit. And as I was listening to it, I was like, yeah, this is an undercover reporter who like isn't pregnant at all. But that's an anti-abortion activist <laughs> pretending to be a sonographer. So nobody knows. <laughs> 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 Brilliant. Brilliant. What do we need to know if we wanted to go undercover for feminism? What advice could you give us? Uh, never overestimate the intelligence of misogynists because you'll always get in. <laughs> like, they, they never check. Um, also, like, the one thing I suppose that kind of annoys me about the undercover work is I feel like it should be just as valid for me to write a piece being like, regulate crisis pregnancy agencies, mm. but you kind of have to use um, methods like this in the most shocking way possible to get politicians' attention because everyone loves like the kind of sexy undercover part about it, which means other newspapers and like broadcasters and stuff will cover our work, which means we have a better chance of getting the minister's attention, which means we have a better chance of like changing the law. So sometimes it seems like you're just doing it to fill that kind of fantasy of being like real sexy, cool, like trench coat feminism. Mm -hmm. But that's um, what I would be doing. Like make it as attention seeking as possible if you actually want to achieve what you've set out to when you discovered all this bad shit happening. Okay, guys, will you please welcome to the stage Deborah Francis White? I did ask to go first, Alison, for good reason. Left a good job in the city, working for the man every night and day. But I never lost one minute of sleep, and I was worried about the way things might have been. Big will keep on turning, primary keep on burning, rolling, rolling, rolling on the river. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more 
and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I, right, my boyfriend um, sent me a WhatsApp today. He got some posts delivered and it was uh, addressed to me. And I said, just open it. So he opened it and he sent me a picture. And it was of, I'm a feminist, but it was printed on this fabric thing, right? And I was like, oh, cool. I've been sent a T-shirt, right? And I go, what size is it? And he's like, it's a tote bag. (laughs) And then then I felt disappointed (laughs) because I get sent T-shirts and either they're so small for me that I can't wear them, but I'm still happy that they thought I was that size. <laughs> or they get it right and I'm really angry with them. <laughs> I feel similarly. I'm, I am annoyed if someone doesn't undersize me when they send me merch. Yeah. I'm like, and then okay. When it was a tote bag, I was like, that's so Deborah. She knows. <laughs> Is that not you? No, I... I... Who sent it to me? <laughs> no... I said to the merch people, it'd be nice to send all our regular co-hosts something, and they've right. just arbitrarily done that. Right. So it was no judgment, it was nothing. It was, I knew you were getting something, I didn't know what it was. I just felt like you would overthink it, and I was no. like, no. okay. No, no, it well. wasn't me. You can have a T-shirt if you want, but I would like you to choose your own size. <laughs> no, Deborah, you pick it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Being a straight boyfriend, isn't it? Isn't it? Pick the size. Choose wisely. Buy me a Christmas present. I am not telling you what I want. You should know what I want. I'm not telling you my size. You should know my size. If it is the correct size, I will Measure be very your... angry. If it is too small, I will be humiliated. Happy fucking Christmas. <laughs> you shifted somebody yeah. who was in a clown suit. Yeah. That is further. That's like saying, I mean, genuinely, and we're going to have to cut this out of the show. Okay. <laughs> But that's like saying somebody came wearing a culturally appropriated Native American headdress and I shifted a Native American. (laughs) Not okay. Not okay. Clowns have a... I mean, obviously, I'm not equating the clown culture to the Native American culture. (laughs) Putting those on a part. You're going to get me cancelled. You're going to get me cancelled. We're both holding the guns to each other's heads. (laughs) It's so Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> oh, the cancellor has become the cancellee. Oh, God. <laughs> this is how it ends. This is how it ends. It's an unsustainable culture. Do you want to know what I was dressed as? <laughs> Why not? Uh, Mary Bale. Who's Do you remember Mary who Bale? that was? Okay, it was the lady that threw that cat into a bin. <laughs> <laughs> It was very big that year, I can't even... <laughs> I, I can see that pe- some people like a topical one. I saw Ashling B going as Wagatha Christie this year. Oh, nice. She was basically just a Sherlock Holmes, but she'd printed out the whole Wagatha Christie dilemma uh, and she was wearing it around her neck. I, look, Ashling B is great now, right? But... <laughs> but Where's this going? 
Listen, she is your Irish but, feminist sister. I know. But look, all I'm saying is, look, <laughs> let her try and dress up as a pensioner animal abuser <laughs> and get the shift. That's all I'm saying. That's... <laughs> Because that, that's what's interesting about the story, that it's taken a turn that I hadn't seen. I don't know if anyone else has seen it. Imagine if we had babies. But we'd thought about you shifting... We thought about you shifting the clown, but we'd never thought about the clown looking across at the catpin lady and thinking, aye, aye. I would. Oh, I so know. But, you know, when you... Like, Halloween costumes, it's like, you know, nurse, sexy nurse. Yeah. Teacher, sexy teacher. Did you do sexy catpin lady? Yeah. Was she in suspension? <laughs> With it, like, did you have like a toy cat and a wheelie bin with you? And were you then just in suspenders and a teddy? <laughs> twirling your hair with your finger. <laughs> with your hair in bunches. Oh my God. I've got a horrible joke I thought of. Uh, well, don't stop now. <laughs> Why would you stop? Why would you ruin the habit of a lifetime? <laughs> you could be like... <laughs> Abuse this pussy. Do you know? <laughs> I told you. <laughs> you had to go. I could see you had to go there. I'm not proud. Oh, I'm no. Proud. If any of us had seen it, we would have gone there. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I didn't see it because I'm glad I didn't go there. Deborah. But had I seen it... I definitely would have. So I can't judge you as much as I want to. <laughs> Look, I was feeling pretty good about this and then I remembered my mother-in-law's here. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what a pussy is. Like, it's fine. <laughs> you don't even know what it is. Play along, Deborah. <laughs> do you think this woman is? She has been around the block more than you have. I mean, not a bad block, not a sexy block. I just mean, when someone's a generation older, you, yeah. you know, they've lived Come on. a life. <laughs> and they just live, they've lived and they've experienced things. You know, we patronise people who are older than us and we should not because I'm willing to bet... Let's stop talking about your mother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here, I, I won't patronise her anymore. Pussy, pussy, pussy. I know what it is. It's fine. I'm a feminist, but we it's both... It's a vagina! Uh, sorry. I'm a feminist, but we've opened this show with mother-in-law jokes <laughs> and pussy jokes. It's like Bernard Manning's in town. Jim Davidson and Bernard Manning, guest star in The Guilty Feminist. Oh, I would I, love I would to, pay see to see that. that. I would pay to see that, actually. That would, that would be funny. I, I mean, it would kill the brand, but it would be funny. <laughs> it would kill Jim Davidson, I'd say, as well. <laughs> and Bernard Manning's already a bit dead, I think. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> he died of thinking of that idea. Um, <laughs> let's not speak. I don't think know. they know... I don't who Bernard Manning is. Do you know who yes, Bernard they do. Manning is? He's the turkey farmer. No, <laughs> no. not Bernard Matthews. All oh, right, shit. No, the, he's a racist <laughs> comedian, Bernard Manning. I bet you 10 quid Bernard Matthews was really pissed off that Bernard Manning is a very similar name to him, though. Do you know? Well, it depends on Bernard Matthews' politics. <laughs> he might agree. That's true. We don't know. Put that in the podcast. 
Oh, nothing we've said so far is going in. <laughs> there are things for live that, you know, in the room, people go, this is really funny to be here. But when you record it and you publish it, yeah. people are shocked. <laughs> and they're like, why would you put this out into the world? And it's a good question. You go, but it was funny on the night. And they go, mm. <laughs> You know when a graph doesn't go straight up, but it goes up and down and up and down and up and down, but overall it's going in an upward direction? Trajectory? Trajectory. But is that, isn't a trajectory just any... So this is a, what is it, a wobbly trajectory? It's a what, sorry? Positive trajectory. A positive trajectory. I think you... Thank you. Uh, it's an oscillating, oscillating trajectory. I accept that one. That's the one I feel <laughs> is right. But you're all great. Like, you did a good job too. Like, you tried. Yeah. And that's what's important. <laughs> all of those were correct. Correct, yeah. They were all correct. But they were all efforts on the way to perfection. It's like the graph. Like the one? Like the graph, yes. Oscillating. Yes, that was sort of the joke. But oh, it's... sorry. No, no, no. I, no. Think, I think this hat is killing my brain. <laughs> I mean, uh, what was that? What brain? <laughs> That's taking a turn, isn't it? <laughs> it's an unusual heckle in a feminist show, isn't it? Um, That's Maureen. Um... I hire her to bring down my self-esteem. <laughs> it keeps me Irish. <laughs> I've moved to London now. I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, do you know? Are you getting notions? Oh, yeah! I'm Irish. I'm Irish. I'm... I'm, I'm not Irish. Uh, I understand Don't worry, that. you're Grant. I can see you. Do you know I what I mean? Yeah. And you regretted it as soon as you said it as yeah. well, didn't you? You're like, oh, shit. I, <laughs> no. I forgive. It's fine. It's fine. What does your T-shirt say, though? I hope it is... And it's, a, it's a feminist slogan. God it power! Is. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> oh. What does your Fe say? Females of the future. Nice. Excellent. Nice. That's my girlfriend. Oh! Oh, oh sure. Yeah. You're matching. You're, that's beautiful. I was going to say you're like Donna and Joe, but you're not. They wore matching outfits, but they're brother and sister, so it's very different. So different. Donna and Joe. <laughs> Donna and Joe? Yeah, they... Who are Donna and Joe? Uh, the biggest celebrities from, <laughs> from Athlone. <laughs> From Atlone. Atlone is this town. Uh, so they qualified for Eurovision semi-finals. And uh, I won't We've all say done no that. more. I've qualified for Eurovision semi-finals. <laughs> um, they came through my hometown in a limo and we waved at them. Wow. Like they were a passing dignitary. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was Nixon. Not Nixon. Uh, someone... <laughs> are you? <laughs> I remember when my mother took me out to wave at Nixon as he drove by. Yeah. Of course, this was in a previous life when I lived in Washington, D.C. and was the child of a diplomat. Um, can I just yeah. ask, do you know the song that they sang? 
Love can make you happy. Love can make you cry. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I do that as my karaoke. My enemy sings it. No, I'm joking. That's a callback to the four shows That's a callback to the first show we ever did at Vicky Street. Yeah. Where Alison admitted in an I'm a Feminist Bart to deliberately learning her nemesis's karaoke song <laughs> and jumping up before her to do it. And I remember what it was. Yeah. Proud Mary, keep on burning. <laughs> Rolling. What's Rolling. your favorite song, Maureen? <laughs> I'd be like, what brain? My humps, my humps, my humps, my humps. Check it out. Because your favourite song is not your karaoke song. You can't sing your own favourite song. You couldn't do it justice. You wouldn't want to murder it. Mm. Uh, your karaoke song is the song that is within your range. Mm. The one that you reckon you can sing really well. You don't care about that song at all. That's but you, true. But you feel you've got a bit of belt in your voice at whatever key it's in. And you reckon you can do it justice if you're very drunk. <laughs> Others don't agree. <laughs> Please welcome to the stage with incredible woohooing and a certain amount of trepidation, Alison Spittle! So, uh, give me a shout if anyone's been to a music festival called Oxygen. Uh, For people that don't know what Oxygen is, I'll explain it to you. It's like Fire Festival. If it was headlined by the Fratellis. So if you can imagine... If you can imagine that... It was was a big thing in the early 2000s. I mean, we're not pregnant yet. It's fine. I have to say, I find it so strange. I feel like I spent the first half of my life trying not to get pregnant. And now suddenly, like, I have to laugh. You go into the doctor and they hit you with the big questions like, how many days is your menstrual cycle? I was like, I don't have a fucking clue. Like, start me at the small stuff. But, um, no, like, it's kind of surprising that we probably haven't had kids yet because I do, like, I kind of, being honest, like, I kind of approach taking the oral contraceptive pill like I approach changing my bra. Like, I say, (laughs) you know, I do it, and I say, I should do this every day, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Who changes their bra every day? Yeah. What kind of... That's perverts. Like, that's perverts, Deborah. <laughs> Absolute perverts. Yeah. I, I would be... It's not good for the environment to change your bra every day because you're washing no. unnecessarily there. I think, actually, didn't Stella McCartney say that recently? That she doesn't change her bra I'm every so day? I'm so like Stella McCartney. I think yeah. so. Being honest. Like, who here honestly changes their bra every day? They're not going to say, say no. now. We've mocked yeah. them. No, it's not a safe space for you to change. I frame that wrong. If you do, you've got your reasons, and I don't judge them. But I will never change my bra every day. Not happening. No, fair play to you if you do. Fair play to you if you do, but not for me. You got to let your bra have some seasoning. You know what I mean? (laughs) Bit of salt and pepper. Um, Let it let it age. (laughs) I mean, if it gets really sweaty, like a brie, like a brie, it has to do a lot to for me to change my bra. I mean, I sort of, I rotate them, but I don't always wash them between rotations. I do the exact rest same. Them. I rest do them. the exact same. Rest, yeah. give them a rest. A rest is as good as a full cycle in the washing machine. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. A bit of Chanel chance. Yeah. yeah. 
And I often think putting it in the laundry basket is enough. And then I just take it back out. (laughs) You've had your journey. Now come back to mommy. Um... Yeah. yeah, you can pretend like nature has cleaned it or something like that. Yes. <laughs> like I mean, it's a cliff. Di- there's nothing dirty there. It's just a bit of skin. I mean, it gets a bit sweaty occasionally, and that's when you give in. When it gets stiff, you give yes. in. Yes! And that's, you pop that's... it in a... You print to hand wash it, but who's got the oh. time or interest? We need to we need to come up with like you know like a red sky at night shepherd's delight. Like we should come up with something like with the bra. Oh yes, like you know um, brown stains near the armpits. Stiff. Maybe time to put it away for a little while. <laughs> stiff and grey, throw it away. That's, That's a good. Great. One. That's, That's good. Great. Yeah. Thank you. I write jingles now. really wanted to go to it and I kept asking my mum to let me go to this festival and she kept saying no you're too young the reason why I wanted to go was because there was this fella that I liked that was going to the festival and uh, I knew he liked me because we're on the junior county council together (laughs) and and I put myself forward to be leader and he seconded my motion right (laughs) so I got it, baby. So, so, uh, so eventually she relented. I kept going, Mom, I'm a woman now. I'm 15, right? And eventually she relented and she let me go. And uh, I arrived at the festival on the Thursday and I set up my tent all beautifully, right? I had like uh, baby wipes in one section of my tent. That was a bathroom area, right? <laughs> then some tuck crackers in one corner. Kitchen. Uh, <laughs> And then I had a three-litre bottle of Devil's Bit Cider, right? (laughs) Tucked into my sleeping bag like a baby. I was like, stay safe, right? (laughs) So on the Thursday, there's like a dancing section, right? So I went out and was dancing to music. And uh, the guy from the Junior County Council came up to me. And uh, we shifted, right? Yeah. We shifted on the Thursday, right? And then he asked me out on the Friday. And then we were watching Snow Patrol together on Saturday. And then on Sunday, he asked me for a hand job and I cried. <laughs> it's the grimmest Craig David song you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> the grimmest Craig David song. <laughs> so, so, on the Thursday, <laughs> forgot to tell you this detail, right? When I was in my tent looking at all my class stuff, I was delighted with myself, right? I left my wellies outside because I didn't want to get any dirt in the tent, right? And I zipped up the, zipped up, you know, I zipped up the door and I came out and my wellies were gone. Someone had stolen my wellies. Now I had no other shoes for that whole weekend, right? I was fecked. I was fecked. Now I wasn't going to ring up my mum and go, Mum, Mum, I know I told you I'm a woman now, but I've lost me shoes. Could you, could you drive back and get me some shoes, right? So what I did was I saw there was two Tesco bags for life just hanging in a tree. And I was like, aha, a miracle, right? So I, so I pulled off the bags, off the tree, and I slipped them round my feet and sellotaped them to my legs, right? I was festival ready for the rest of that weekend. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. So back to the hand job, right? So I was there in my plastic bags crying. 
most sexual sight you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and, um, and he said to me, the fella said to me, Alison, I can't go on with this relationship. <laughs> I was like, what? He says, I have needs. I need handjobs. And if you can't supply that, I'm afraid um, we can't go out anymore, right? So I ran out of the tent, roaring, crying, distraught. My heart was broken. I heard in the distance, Newton Faulkner, right? <laughs> so I ran towards that. I heard his one song and I walked away, right? <laughs> and I was in the queue for the toilets and there was two women from the countryside in the toilets. And I could tell they were from the countryside because I looked at them and they looked at me and I go to them, are you scared? <laughs> they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm very scared, right? <laughs> And we bonded, you know, in the way that country women do. Uh, that's by sharing their fears at large events, right? <laughs> we could be killed, um, you know? It is, it's actually, I've never said this before, right? It's actually so funny how rural people are so afraid of terrorism or whatever. <laughs> when silage kills them more, do you know what I mean? They couldn't. <laughs> they run around on a bale of hay to be grand, but if they're up in Dublin at Christmas time, they're like, you could drive a car straight through this, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Simply having... So... Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, what happened was, the women, we were scared, and... Um, is there anyone from Dublin here? <laughs> Now, I love you. I love Dublin. I lived here for six years of my life. Loved the place so much. But I am telling you now, you did not send your best to oxygen. <laughs> you did not. You did not. <laughs> I'd never met a dub before I went to oxygen, right? I won't lie, I was very prejudiced after, right? So we're in the queue, we're queuing for the toilet, and these two girls from Dublin came up, and one elbowed me in the chest, right, and goes, we're going into that toilet next, and there's not a fucking thing you can do about it, right? <laughs> and I stood there, and I looked at the two girls from Dublin, and I looked at the Saga girls, and I was like, yeah, there's not a thing we can do about it, go ahead there, no bother, no bother. So they went into the toilet, and the two girls from Saga were going, Jesus, this is terrible, no, it's, oh, oh I'm very angry. <laughs> And because I was all heartbroken and nihilistic from what had happened before, do you remember, I've had my heart broken over a handshop, right? <laughs> this is why I said what I said next, right? They were going, Jesus, this is a fierce injustice now. It's fierce injustice. And I said to them, do you know what you should do next? What? When you come out of that toilet, you should beat the shit out of him. <laughs> beat the shit out of him, right? So, so the two girls from Dublin came out of the toilet and those two Sligo girls, it was amazing, right? It was amazing. I, <laughs> I was watching hair extensions fly across my eyeline. It was the most beautiful sight I'd ever seen in my life, right? And I won't lie, I could feel my heart healing. I could feel it heal. I could feel it heal. So, so what happened then is... Um, Went back to the tent anyway, I was having a cry, having a power cry. Um, that's, 
If you've never cried until you've cried in a sleeping bag, it feels amazing, right? <laughs> so then what happened was I was crying and I heard this noise outside and I heard this fella go, Seamus, Seamus, you're not going to, are you, Seamus? Go on, Seamus, go on. I will, I'll do it. Go on, Seamus. And then I heard this noise, it went like this, right? And then, right, and I said, Jesus, what's that, right? And then I heard him go, fair play to you, Seamus, I didn't think you were going to do it. Fair play to you. <laughs> I told you, I'm a man of me word. I'm a man of me word. Go on, Seamus, do the other one. Do the other one, right? And then I heard this noise again, it went like this. And then, and this time I could feel the vibrations in the ground, right? And it was louder. Whatever this was, it was getting closer to me. <laughs> it felt like that scene in Jurassic Park with the two cups of water, you know that? <laughs> so then I heard him go, no, Seamus, jump on the blue tent. Jump on the blue tent. <laughs> and I looked up at my blue tent, right? <laughs> I can hear his footsteps already. I look, there's four zips between me and freedom, right? I am not getting out of that tent in time. I know I'm not. I just know it. <laughs> I only had enough time to unzip my sleeping bag, right? And I, I was just resolute. I could see his shadow coming in. I was like, come on, Seamus, you bastard, come on. And I opened up my arms and I opened up my legs. And I was like, come on, do it, do it. And he fell in on top of me, right? Right on my chest. And I closed my legs around him. And I closed my arms around him and I burnt the shit out of him. Okay. I have to finish now. So do you remember I told you about those plastic bags that were on my legs, right? Remember that? I caught trench foot, right? I caught a disease, you get in World War One. Outside Nace. And I still got the shift, so. Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com